Mr. Gorbachev teared down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the broadcast. Good to be with you tonight. And I have to tell you, uh, we're gonna be here for you. Uh, we don't know how long this is gonna last, pandemic or not, end of the world or not. We are here as long as I have electricity. And a connection to the internet and my uh, at least decent health. And uh, I've been feeling great lately, so no worries there. Uh, we'll be here for you every Sunday night, 9 o'clock Eastern is the live broadcast. And then, of course, the program, we started putting it on more and more different platforms. And, you know, I kind of thought, well, look, if I put the show out there on the top platforms, you know, iTunes, uh, Google Play Store, um, SoundCloud, Stitcher. If you get it up there in the top four or five, you really don't have to put it on anymore. And that's just turned out not to be true. So we're now on iHeartRadio. We're on a lot of different platforms now. And every new platform we add, we get new listeners. Uh, so that's something we're focusing on, continuing to make the program available. And unlike a lot of shows like this, the entire archives of every show we have ever done, and it is well over 500 episodes are available for free download. So that's something cool to check out if you're interested in a certain topic. And you know the topics we talk about here, but uh, you know so many great uh, evergreen shows, as we call them, shows that are great to listen to if you're stuck in the house. I mean, we've got, I can't tell you how many broadcasts on Bible prophecy, true crime. Uh, tonight's going to be a great live show here for you. Tonight we've got Dr. Michael Heiser. He will be here to talk about the fascinating book of Enoch. Now this is a book that is not officially included in the Bible. And there's some reasons for that. We're going to talk about that tonight, but I was listening to the audio version today of the book of Enoch. And I have to tell you, it just gave me chills. This is a book that talks about angels and demons and the end times. And Jesus himself even quoted from the book of Enoch. So I'm, I'm learning a lot about this I didn't know much about it, but I'm really, really excited tonight to have with us in 27 minutes. He'll be here. Dr. Michael Heiser, the first time he'll be with us on the show to talk about his book, A Companion to the Book of Enoch. And then next week, uh, our producer just keeps uh, hitting home runs here. Next week, we've got with us Tony Ortega from the Underground Bunker. His topic, of course, is Scientology, which we haven't talked about Scientology in, I don't know, three, four months. So it's time to get back to that topic and find out what's going on with Scientology. And uh, remember, we've got all the social media sites. I'm on Facebook, a lot of different pages over at Facebook. You can find me under Jim Paris or James L. Paris. Of course, we've got a big footprint also over at YouTube. I'm also on Twitter. I'm also on TikTok now. Not doing a lot with TikTok, but decided to uh, set up an account 
over there. And uh, the new thing we added a couple of weeks ago, because some of the things I'm posting on Facebook, I'm getting in trouble. So I started kind of a, another channel to be able to broadcast information on that I feel might put me at risk of possibly losing the Facebook account. Uh, so these are kind of a little bit uh, edgier stories that uh, I'm not going to risk putting up at Facebook. I, I post those over at Telegram. And to find my Telegram page, you just go to T, T as in Telegram, that's T.me forward slash Jim Paris, T.me forward slash Jim Paris. And a big announcement, I got the phone call on, what was it, on Tuesday, I think I got the call. No, it was Wednesday. I got a call from Tom Danheiser, the producer of Coast to Coast AM, and I will be back again. Boy, I don't know what appearance this is. Maybe my 10th appearance. Uh, Coast to Coast AM, I will be on on Wednesday, April the 15th. I will be in the second half of the show. I'll be on for two hours talking about what? My book about prayer and finances. And uh, this will be a little bit of a different show, right? Because normally when people are in a financial a difficult, you know, people are going through financial difficulty. It's usually, you know, like you're going through that and then nobody else in your neighborhood is. You're like the only one. But now it's like everybody's going through this together. So it's a little bit, you know, of a, of a really a major difference in, a, in the dynamics of things. Uh, and uh, they asked me to come on, give some words of encouragement, talk about prayer, talk about finances, offer some practical advice. So all of that is uh, ramping up for a week from Wednesday, coast to coast AM. And uh, tonight we have a sponsor because we don't have any commercial breaks. We do the show without commercials. And this is something that would help you and also help us here to keep the show going because there are expenses to do the show and you can help us. We get a little bit of money every time somebody uses this link to shop out to get a better interest rate on a credit card, on a personal loan, on an auto loan, uh, on a mortgage. Mortgage rates are incredibly low right now. So we have a special link set up for you to shop to see if there's a better deal for you. Multiple banks will compete to give you a better deal on your auto loan, your student loan. They even have personal loans you can use to pay off credit cards where you don't even have to use home equity. So any kind of loan you're paying interest on, save money on that tonight by using this link. And we get a little bit of money from this every time someone shops, whether you pursue the loan or not, we get a little bit of money. So that helps out the show. Here's tonight's sponsor, loanshopper.christianmoney.com loanshopper.christianmoney.com. Write it down. If you can't do it tonight, you can do it later. Maybe you'll do it tomorrow. Loanshopper.christianmoney.com. All right, let's get into this. So much to talk about. So here's kind of the headline for tonight. The Surgeon General says, this week is our Pearl Harbor. So this is what they're saying, that everything is ramping up to this week. Even the governor of New York, Governor Cuomo, said we're looking at uh, the peak of this in like four, four to seven days, he said. And that was yesterday. So four to seven days. So everybody's kind of coming together, agreeing that this is going to be uh, the peak of this is this week. I, I don't know. I have so many questions. I have so many doubts. And I'm going to talk about all of that in this segment. Look, I am not one of these conspiracy theorists. 
I don't automatically just jump to take the other side of everything. But I have so many questions, you know, about the whole situation. You know, for example, why is the entire country being treated the same way? Like in the county that I live in, we have virtually no cases. I think we have maybe uh, it was very low, maybe like 20 or something like that. And we've had one death. Um, it's it, we can't look at the whole country in the same way because some areas are not having these kinds of hot spot situations. And of course, other areas are. And I think it, it makes a lot of sense to start looking at this in terms of hot spots. I mean, this is a terrible analogy, but if Florida has a hurricane, the whole United States doesn't close, right? And I get it that if you don't close up a lot of areas that you'll have people moving around and the virus will spread. So I don't know. It would just seem to make sense that somehow we've got to get the country back to work at some point soon. The president announced today that he's he's uh, forming a special panel of people that are going to focus on how we can get the country back to work. And what I really predict is going to come out of that, I really think that's going to be a solution where they're going to start looking at this regionally and the areas that are not hot spots are going to be given more freedom to go back to work. And, you know, we're, 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 we're saying, you know, don't be crazy, right? So you could say, let's open the restaurants back up again in, in the areas where they're not having much of an impact from this. Maybe the restaurant capacity could still be 50%. Maybe, you know, obviously we keep the social distancing. Um, you know, we, we, we uh, maybe bring back the schools. Maybe you could do something where half the kids could come back uh, on one day and then the other half the next day to get the kids back in school a little bit. Um, you know, let's not try to jump back into this in one step, but maybe we went too far in these adjustments in some of the areas that are not getting hit. I'm just throwing that out as a question. And there are so many things that I still can't wrap my brain around. I posted a, a, a an infographic earlier in the week when our governor of Florida announced that we were going along with this shutdown. We were one of the last states in Florida to go along with the full statewide shutdown. We had a lot of restrictions. Our restaurants were closed except for takeout. We were going along with a lot of those things, but we didn't shut down the whole state. Uh, and and so it's it's kind of interesting to see what different counties are doing. Like in our county, where I live in Flagler County, they've shut everything down. We can't go to the beach. They've closed all of our green spaces. They've closed the boat ramps. They've closed the bike paths. Everything is closed. And And you would think those would be the very areas you would want people. You would want people out in these open spaces getting sunlight and exercise. That's not just good for your physical health. It's good for your mental health. Um, and then our, a neighboring county, Clay County, Florida, they have opened up all of their green spaces and are encouraging people to use the boat ramps and the bike paths and the hiking paths and the parks and those kinds of things. They've closed playground equipment and basketball courts, things like that, but they've generally opened up all of their green spaces. So everybody's kind of handling this a little bit differently, and it almost seems like the 
I don't know, like a competition of who could be a better citizen of the world. Oh, yeah? You've closed all your green spaces? Uh, <laughs> we're going to put barriers in at the end of each street so people can't even walk around the block. We're going to do that. So everybody's trying to do a little bit more. I know everybody has good intentions, but the one question I keep asking is, why is this not consistent? So earlier in the week, as I said, I posted this graphic and I showed all of the flights that are still coming into Florida from New York. And I just asked this question, if this is really as serious as everybody says it is, which I'm inclined to believe it's it's super serious. Why would you have 200 flights a day allowed to come from New York down to Florida? And I, I just looked before the show started because I thought, well, maybe this is tapered off. And these were like really cheap flights. I had found one flight for $17, a one-way flight from New York to Florida, $17. Talk about encouraging people to get on a plane and fly to Florida. We'll give you a $17 flight. That's cheaper than Greyhound. Uh, I found a $30 flight uh, just a couple of minutes ago, just before the show, 30 bucks to fly from New York to, to Florida. I, I don't know. I can't make sense of this. Why are we closing restaurant dining rooms, but yet we're, we're still flying commercial flights? Why is Amtrak still running? Why is Greyhound still operating? Why would you pack a Greyhound bus full of people and then say that's okay, but it's not okay to have people sitting in a restaurant. Now, look, it's not about the restaurants. Let me tell you why I'm, I'm asking this. When a restaurant closes, people have no idea what that does. Uh, you have, in one single restaurant, you could have several dozen people put out of work. You've got the owner of the restaurant that can't pay his bills and may never be able to reopen again. This is what a lot of people are not understanding. You cannot just press the pause button on a business like a restaurant. I mean, think about just this. Think about how much food is in the freezer that has to be thrown away at some point. And, and, and uh, I mean, there's so many things. They've got to keep paying rent in most cases. They've got uh, all kinds of overhead that they can't just stop, uh, that they've got to keep going. Um, the, these businesses are devastated. And the one thing I keep asking is, we don't have a live ticker tape showing what the deaths are from the from the country being closed down. I mean, th there are deaths. Um, we know suicides are going up. Child abuse cases are, are going up. Uh, people are having marital problems. There is domestic abuse cases. People are having heart attacks and other physical ailments. There are a lot of people. Look, this is a country where you read regularly that the average person has $500 in savings. And now I read today that some people may not get the stimulus check until September, until September. And I know for a lot of people, there's unemployment money, right? But a lot of the states, they can't handle the unemployment applications and the, uh, the websites that they have are crashing. And, and so you're looking at some people not being able to see any money for like a few weeks because they've got to get unemployment. Some places you have to wait a couple weeks before you officially qualify. Then you've got to wait for the first check. And then with the IRS, with these stimulus checks, there's a lot of different scenarios where if the IRS, for one reason or another, doesn't have fresh information on your bank information, your bank account numbers and all that, 
then you're going to have to get a physical check and they can only send out 5 million checks a week. That's the most they can send out. And I saw a report today where this is directly from the government that the last checks of the stimulus will probably not go out until September. So they'll go out in waves, but some people won't see that money until September, until September. And some of the Democrats and liberals I don't know what the agenda is here. I'm not one to try to, I don't know, figure out what Machiavellian plan is going on or if there is one or not. I I don't know. But you just hear weird things. Like, for example, the governor of California is, is already announcing that the NFL season in California will start without fans. So you're talking about what a preseason game start like, first part of September, I guess, end of August, first of September. So he's already looking out. So we're what? We're the first week of April. So you've got April, May, June, July, August. So so those are five months. And, and the governor of California is saying in five months that the football games are going to be played without fans in the stadium in California. Now we have Joe Biden. If you didn't see it in the news this last week, the Democrats moved their Democratic convention uh, to nominate their 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 nominee, which uh, is Joe Biden. Uh, the presumptive nominee is Joe Biden. That was supposed to take place in July. That's now been moved to August 17th. OK, fine. But now Joe Biden came out today and said they might not be able to have it. And he's suggesting that it might become a virtual convention and not even have an actual convention. And here's the scary part. I'm not hearing a lot of this, but I'm hearing some people are already talking about the idea of uh, the election in November somehow being tampered with, whether it's going to be attempted to be put online or some other way of doing the election. Now, that's that's November. And I know, I know we can't predict what's going to happen. But we're hearing good news today. The president said that for the first day in New York, the number of deaths has actually taken a step down. Or was it the number of new cases? They, they appear to, to see, uh, start seeing some sort of a reduction there. Very minor, but, but a reduction. Um, we're also hearing that Italy has reached that plateau and they're starting to come down. This is not something, in my view, that we should be talking about right now as lasting five, six months out, seven months out. But you're hearing a lot of people starting to talk about this. Ah, well, look, I want to be practical. I want to give you some straight talk here tonight. If you're somebody that is struggling financially, and please go to my YouTube channel. I've been putting together so many videos to try to help people that are going through these situations. I, I did a video, for example, explaining the whole stimulus, how much money you'll get, uh, the process of, of making sure you get your money. All of that is is on a video. But here's the bottom line. Everybody's going to have to think about it this way. If your income is interrupted right now, what you need to do is think about trying to preserve that money as much as you can. And that means that a lot of people, about probably half or more, would be entitled to a forbearance on their mortgage, depending on who issued your mortgage. If it's a government-backed mortgage, uh, you'll be able to get 
the government has ordered the banks to work with you. The same thing with student loans. Uh, talk to your student loan people. Talk to your mortgage company. Talk to your landlord. Depending on your landlord's financing on the rental property, you may be entitled to a forbearance on your rent. Even if not officially ordered by the government, your landlord might do that for you. A lot of things can be worked out. Be sure if you're unemployed that you get your information in as soon as possible. I've had people tell me, Jim, I can't get through. The website keeps crashing. Set your alarm clock. Get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and do the online uh, application to get your unemployment in. Get all of that done. Try to hold on to your money. Try to, you know, talk to your credit cards. If you owe credit card payments, anybody you're making payments to, get on the phone with them. Try to work something out. They may be required that they have to work with you. A lot of states, a lot of uh, cities are ordering the businesses in their area that they have to work with people on evictions and things like that. Uh, some states, New Jersey, ordered 90-day uh, moratorium on mortgage payments. A lot of things are happening like that. So, so hold on to the money you have and try to preserve that capital for the basics, you know, even utilities. We're hearing that utilities are working with people. Don't let the water get shut off. The electric get shut off. The, the gas get shut off. Go get on the phone. Go down uh, to the offices if they're open. Better yet, just do it on the phone uh, and, and see if you can get a forbearance on your utilities. A lot of things that you can do and start thinking about being, you know, practical with your food. Uh, I'll give just give you a couple of tips. Um, and, and I've been somebody that uh, has been sticking to the keto diet. But but get, don't worry about the keto diet for right now. You're going to eat a lot of things that you can't have on the keto diet. Carbs. Carbs are cheap and and they're ways to make a meal for a big family. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about pasta. I'm talking about rice. I'm talking about beans, things like that. So think about it. If, if you've got limited money, uh, ground beef, uh, rice, beans, pasta, um, you know, make make a, a big thing of pasta with some ground beef. Uh, make, you know, a big uh, plate of, of rice and beans with a little bit of meat. Uh, try to stretch your your more expensive items, the meat, uh, try to make it last longer by having, you know, more sides, uh, cans of, of vegetables, go to the right grocery store. You can get a, a you know, can of, uh, vegetables for 50, 60 cents, you know, try to fill the plate up with things that are less expensive than meat. Uh, and, and look at the lesser expensive cuts of meat. So, you know, obviously if you buy a chicken breast, uh, fresh chicken breast in the, uh, deli case that's going to be more than if you get the frozen or better yet buy the whole chicken and and bake a whole chicken and and cut it up that's a that's the better value uh look at lesser expensive cuts of steak and meat and and uh go to the trouble of marinating you know get the cheaper uh cut of meat uh don't don't get the more expensive new york strip get the cheaper cut of steak uh, gets make some marinade. If you don't uh, have any good marinade, just take some vinegar and oil and and put a little garlic in there and make yourself a marinade bag. And you you marinate some lower cost meat for a day or two, and it's going to taste just as good as the expensive meat. I'm not. A, this is not a cooking show. I'm just here to tell you there are ways to stretch your money so that you don't run out of food. A lot of churches are offering. Uh, expanded help with their food pantries. Look into that. Contact your county, your local social services. Find out if there's any other 
help for food, uh, food stamp programs, those kinds of things. So, you know, don't let your family go without. You're going to have to get up, even though you're not working. You're going to have to get up every morning and come up with a battle plan uh, to be able to make it through this uh, in terms of, of just keeping food on the table. And I know a lot of people are in that situation. Uh, so you've got to fight this battle on multiple fronts. Let me throw out a name to you tonight, too. Somebody who um, I'm not really sharing her stuff on my Facebook because I don't want to lose my Facebook. Um, but check out Candace Owens, uh, a young conservative that I really enjoy listening to. And she's got some interesting stuff to say about coronavirus over on her uh, YouTube channel. And let me mention one other uh, quick thing here. Um, a lot of people think they've already had coronavirus. I happen to be one that th I think I had it already. You're not allowed to say that online. I'm just, I'll warn you right now. If you say you've had, you, you might've already had it in the past, they will censor your post and maybe even take away your social media account. But, um, I have talked to a lot of people. I had this happen to me, um, it was in February, I believe, and I was sick uh, for about two weeks. I never got the fever, but I had a, a like a migraine headache for five days. It would not go away. I had muscle aches and pains. I was so sick. I was in the middle of a big band show playing with the big band, playing trumpet with the big band, and I had to leave the stage in the middle of the show. I was sick for two weeks. My wife finally confronted me, and she said, if you are not better in the next one or two days, you have got to go to the hospital or go to the doctor. And that was just about when it ended. That was like the 14th day. And I put this up on my social media. And of course, I got a spanking for doing that, uh, which is why I'm sharing with you. Don't do that. But I had so many people say, yeah, we had that in our home where we had a we were sick for two weeks. We had all of those kinds of symptoms. I think a lot of us had this already. Maybe I'm wrong. And I'm not saying that that means anything. It doesn't mean that what's going on now isn't significant. It just means that, you know, maybe maybe we're towards the end of this more more than we think. Maybe a lot of us have had it and we just were never tested for it. I, I personally think I probably already had it based on the fact that I don't get sick like that. And I had this unusual two-week illness. But let me close out this uh, new segment with this. And this is something to think about. I keep saying this, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier in this segment, that we we can't look at this as a zero-sum game. It is not just about the lives being lost because of coronavirus, but this shutdown itself is also costing lives. It really is. I mean, we have a spike in suicides, mental health issues. People are having anxiety attacks, heart attacks, panic attacks. Child abuse is on the rise marital issues, domestic violence. There's a lot happening and we've got businesses shutting down. I've heard from several people here locally that they will never reopen. This is not just they shut they shut down for a month or two. Their situation has become so dark that they can never reopen. And I, I read a story just minutes ago that the uh, national movie chain AMC, a lot of experts are expecting that they will be shuttering for good. Um, that they'll be done. That's it. So a lot of businesses are never going to come back. It was so sad to see the pictures of all the businesses in New York city that are boarding up. And you know, my, my view on this is, is in closing, I'll say this before we get to our guest. I do not know 
where this goes. I don't know what is next with this, but somehow we have to balance the issue of controlling the spread of this virus with people being able to go back to some kind of life. I just don't understand the thought that we could do this for a few more months. I I don't even understand that thinking. Um, I mean, somehow, like in the next couple of weeks, three weeks, we've got to end this and people have got to be allowed to go back. And this has got to become more of a regionally focused situation where we focus on the hotspots and we let these areas that have, you know, virtually no effect from this to start to go back uh, to a normal life because Americans cannot live like this. So stay tuned. Um, keep coming back to all my social media because anytime I'm hearing something, I put a link about how small businesses can get this $10,000 grant. We put a link in a video to that. So we're trying to give you solutions, not just talk about the negative of this, but but to give you ideas and solutions. And, and there is help out there, but you've got to know what to do. Uh, so there's a lot of things. I'll be doing another video tomorrow talking about sort of the financial survival side of this. That'll be up on Facebook. That'll be up on YouTube. YouTube. All right, we'll take a one-minute break to refire the open. We're excited to have with us for the first time Dr. Michael Heiser. He's here to talk about his book. It's a companion book to the Book of Enoch. Stand by. We'll be back in just one minute. 